Liberty Station is brought to you by my good friends at Devoted Capital, where they believe how you profit matters. They're dedicated to helping you align your investments with your values, empowering you to a life well-lived. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show on Liberty Station, and today I've got an actual friend of mine, and it is very fun to have somebody that I love, enjoy, and and appreciate uh, to talk about a various number of things. We certainly will get into you know some of the uh, way the world's falling apart stuff, but this man is a doctor and uh, and a guy I connected with um, you know sometime during the pandemic, and we became quick friends because we bonded over things like jujitsu and other stuff. He's on the uh, East Coast in the um, Pennsylvania area, but Dr. Nick Greiner. How are you, brother? I am well, my friend. How are you? I really appreciate uh, you having me on again. I think it's been, uh, how long has it been? I know we we, we talked, when was that? I think it was like, uh, you know, somewhere in uh, May or, you know, towards the, uh, you know, earlier part of this year, something like that, if I remember correctly. I think that's right, because the weather was turning nice now over where I am. Is getting lousy again, so <laughs> it's, it's wild, man. Yeah. So, uh, so tell people who you are, give your credentials, and then you know we'll uh, we'll talk about whatever we want to talk about. Sure, man. So, um, my name is, as Bryce was saying, is is a uh, is Nick Reiner, and I own and operate a direct primary care clinic in Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania, and essentially what our focus is is direct primary care which direct primary care is essentially like a you can call it maybe a a membership program um concierge medicine people call it but we also do uh regenerative medicine as well so we do therapies and and other things to help people outside of just doing the normal diagnosis um treating with medications we do a lot of lifestyle obviously um i have eight nine staff now we just hired a new person that include physicians, nurse practitioners, RNs. And my role more or less these days, I've been in practice for about 14, almost 15 years, is more of an overseer. Um, and I've, I've learned to delegate certain things to certain people. And, and, I, and I did that more specifically, believe it or not, that was more, more or less my plan. Uh, my wife and I decided you know, to, to build this the way that we could um, and if God saw fit that we could turn into something to where we had a lot of time on our hands to be able to do things and let staff handle things. I personally take on a few people um, depending on what their needs are, uh, but for the most part, I'm there more or less managing. And we see the type of people that we see range from migraine headaches to cancer, everything in between. Now, because of where I'm from, right, just north of Pittsburgh, one of the things we see a lot of is Lyme disease. A ton of we see a ton of Lyme patients. But my philosophy, as far as healthcare goes, is trying to get to the cause of these health issues. Amen. More than treating. Now, don't get me wrong; treating is necessary in some cases, but I, I care about cause, and that's more or less what we do. Yeah, so I appreciate that, and how we originally, um, how I discovered you, uh, you know, I started following, you know, a bunch of different accounts in the health field, and, um, you know, because, of course, fitness and health and longevity is an interest of mine, 
and you said some things disparagingly about coffee, and I wasn't going to let that go, because coffee, I believe, is one of God's greatest gifts to mankind, and I think you had quit coffee for a little bit of time there and, and made a joke at, at that moment. You were doing some kind of cleanse, and you said, hey, fight me, and, yes. uh, and I said... <laughs> And I said I will, and then uh, and then we uh, we bonded over jujitsu after that. Uh, realized we are we are both on the path and pursuing the superpower of jujitsu, and um, you know it was a romance uh, going from there. Yes. Well, the interesting thing about that is I actually have some homemade cold brew sitting in front of me right now, which I'm breaking my own rules of drinking coffee past noon, um, but I, I just did. My wife and I did a two day fast, and I broke it earlier today i forget what time maybe like 12 31 o'clock with some eggs and some turkey breast and um i didn't have any coffee any morning because i gave i donated blood Mm -hmm. so um when i got back home i did a bunch of things we took some some christmas pictures and then um i made myself a coffee to prepare for this but yeah i i i do do those things from time to time as far even with, with like coffee and don't get me wrong listen i think that coffee um if you can find some quality beans and stuff like that is is great um i drink coffee four or five times a week but from time to time i do kind of you know take breaks off of some of these things and i think mostly because i'm the type of guy that doesn't like to feel like something has a hold of me yeah yeah and and if i and if i'm like man i'm really looking for i'm really looking forward to coffee tomorrow morning and i found myself saying that i'm like okay then i need a break um but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, and I do. Enjoy no, no, it. and not, no. It, yeah. yeah, and obviously I'm I'm, I'm teasing uh, because course. it's fun, and and that's how and that's how we originally connected. But but that was one of the things that drew me to your um, you know Twitter feed was you were talking about strategies that you and your wife were you know living out, employing. Um, you were doing you know multiple times. You were uh, doing some of those what you know what I guess the you know uh, term of the day is biohacking. You know, seeing how your blood work looked after certain things, taking those breaks. In fact, you you did on one of those threads, um, or on a podcast I listened to you talk about, you know, taking those breaks, those resets, you know, so that the, you know habits and things like that that maybe you didn't want to have control over you. And I think that's smart. I think it's wise, um, and I and I like that philosophy. So, um, you know, it's it's what drew me in, and you know, ultimately connected uh, us. So, you know, one of the things, in fact, um, you know, let's, uh, let's hit this for a minute because, um, you know, Twitter, uh, Elon Musk just bought it. Obviously, that's in the news, and there is so much going on now that they are releasing the details behind the scenes of what was happening to accounts that were conservative, um, accounts that were uh, espousing conservative political be- beliefs or promoting things that were against the narrative, you and I also connected because, and we had this on the first show, um, you know, you were identifying correctly that the lockdowns and, uh, you know, some of the COVID uh, mandates and things like that didn't make any sense, and you were pushing back against it, uh, you know, in your community, and we were here. Um, but, but you know, I would love to get some of your thoughts about the fact that we're being proven right in real time right now. Well, I, I will say this first. Um, during COVID— and it was probably more so 2020 into 21, mid mid 2021. I would talk to my wife about it, and I went through seasons of 
anger, bitterness. And it would be like a month. I would, I, I, and it had such a huge hold on me. And then I would, then I would have seasons of peace where I felt fine. I'm, I'm talking to myself. I'm praying. I'm like, look, Nick, you, you can't do anything. The only thing that you can do is what you can do. What you can control is what you can control. You, your family, protecting your family, preparing whatever the case may be. So I would go through these seasons. But one thing I, w- I would always say to people, because what happens is when you start talking to people about what went on and you start pointing out things and, and, and you don't, it's not like you're doing it for the sake of, of, of clout or saying, you look at me and how right I was. It was more of speaking out as a warning to people. And I told my wife so many times, I said, the last thing that I would ever want to be about this is right. Who wants to be right about that? You know, who wants to be right about for foreshadowing or, 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 or a, a guessing or assuming whatever that, hey, listen, this is not about a virus. This is a power grab et cetera, et cetera. Nobody wants to be right about that. And, you know, I can tell you during COVID, um, my practice, I was getting weekly emails from the, the Pennsylvania board, medical board. My staff was getting harassed. We were getting calls asking us these, these, these questions. We were having these, these anonymous calls asking us questions. You know, I don't talk about things like that all that much because those things happen, but you know, I, I, I never wanted to be, or, or people like us never wanted to be right for the sake of being right. We just wanted to bring awareness to people. And, um, I'll, I'll say this last thing and I'll let you go ahead. This, um, you know, you, do you follow, um, Brian Lenskis on Twitter, Dr. Lenskis? He's out in San Diego. Um, a medical doctor in San Diego has a direct primary care practice. I was on their podcast about two years ago. And he tweeted something earlier today, and he was talking about the founding fathers. And he was like, hey, you know, imagine the founding fathers being these young kids and, you know, knowing all these things and putting these things into place um, for the betterment of the citizens. And I'm, I'm reading this tweet, and I'm thinking to myself, that's because they use common sense foresight and, mm-hmm. and understood history, right? And that's yeah. the thing for me. You know, it's, it's like, you know, people talk now, it's like, they, 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 it's almost like people are bitter because you tried to warn them. And I say this all the time. I, I never once ever told anybody to not see their family. I never once told right. anybody to not, um, you know, to not have a funeral for your, for your parents or to wear a useless rag over your face. I never told anybody that, but, but I'm the bad guy or we're the bad guys. But the people that told you, you can't see your family, that you're, that you're, that you own a non-essential business that you can't have a funeral for your for your mother or your father or your sister or your brother or whoever your kid for crying out loud they're the good guys and to me it's it, that doesn't make any sense so i just like like i said i still think about that a lot and my mentality remains that it wasn't about trying to be right it was about warning and bringing awareness and hoping that you were wrong yeah, they're they're pulling an interesting trick on us, and I I um I, I it, only to a certain extent will it work. But they are playing this game that you know we're we're still the rubes. We just got lucky. We happen to be right, but the best minds and the best information at the time suggested that they were right, 
And right. we just, again, got lucky. There was that uh, Atlantic article and others, you know, calling for uh, COVID amnesty, like, you know, not even really forgiveness. And, and the, the person nerve. wasn't, yeah, the person wasn't asking for forgiveness because they weren't admitting that they were wrong. They were just saying, hey, you know, there, there was a lot of confusion at the time. And yes, okay, some of you guys happen to be right, but you got lucky was the um, implication. Um, right. Not that we had good, strong, rational thoughts and common sense and logic and could see with our own eyes that these things didn't work. We could look back through history, you know how things work. You know, there were there were actual trained physicians and, you know, um, uh, people who study disease and everything else looking back through history and saying, no, this is not how this works. Uh, and then the, the folks that were, um, you know, having something to gain, whether it was, you know, uh, pharma bucks or um you know just just being on the on the right side of that current narrative gave them a platform those folks are are uh, you know remaining unapologetic and are hoping that we all forget i want to hold them accountable i don't want us to talk about this forever but i want to right. hold them accountable sure yeah and like i said I, it's it's for 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 me you know I, I, I try to remember, and my wife is really, really good at this, you know, bringing things into perspective, but it's, it's the whole, I have a very bad habit of trying to control things I can't control. And, um, I'm getting better about it, but you know, I, my mother, I'll say this, my mother made a good example, or she, she brought up some, a very good point last year. I was talking to her on the phone and she must've sensed like the, the, me being tense, and she says, Nick, what's, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I'm, I'm like, okay, mom, you know, and I just, I basically, I said something passing about stuff. And my, my mindset is this, I, I think about my boy, right? I can sift through all this nonsense and I can point out, yeah, this is nonsense. This is nonsense. But my, my boy can't do that right now. Right. Kids are very impressionable. And the only thing that I think of is the, the world that my boy has to grow up in. And my, my, my father even alluded to that. Um, we had a party last July 4th, and he said to me, Nick, look, he's like, I'm in my 70s. I'm retired. Um, I, I care about cutting my grass, going for walks, and drinking beer. He's like, I'm not worried mm -hmm. about me. He said, I'm not worried about me. He's like, I'm not even worried about you or your sister. He said, I think about my – now, he did use the word worry, but he said, I think about my grandkids because he has five. And so – but at the same time, you know, you, you can only do what you can do. And, um, you know, I really, really want to forgive. Um, and I, and I think that you can forgive, but, but, but not forget. So, um, my advice to people, I guess, generally, cause people will say this to me they'll, or they'll ask me, they'll say, okay, Nick, I see that what was going on was wrong and it was, it was tyranny, but we can't go back in time. That is correct. So my advice to people is learn from the last two years learn Amen. from it so Amen. anyway yep look i'm going to admit something i'm a terrible gift giver but not this year because my friends at good ranchers are making it easy to give the gift of meat this is actually a great idea in fact a hard economic year for most has caused essential gifts to be more needed and wanted than ever fortunately you can easily give the most essential gift of all this year delicious meat Good Ranchers has gift boxes and gift cards so that you can give America's best meat and seafood this Christmas. 
With discounts on orders of five boxes or more, you can save on gifts for the whole family or your business. When you give someone a box of Good Ranchers, you're gifting them more than the best meat they've ever had. You're giving a true steakhouse experience. With 100% American, USDA Prime, and upper choice cuts of beef, chicken, and seafood, you're sure to beat out the new socks and re-gifted candles for the best gift of the year. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com and use code LIBERTY at checkout for $35 off your delicious gift of meat. If you know someone that likes meat, then you know someone who will love Good Ranchers. Your gift goes further with them because they take the premium price out of premium meats. Go to GoodRanchers.com and find the perfect box for you or a loved one in their curated selection of hand-trimmed meat and seafood. Give the best meat in America, support local U.S. farms, and get $35 off your essential gift with my code LIBERTY today. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Yeah, I sat next to a um, a gal. I was waiting to pick up uh, my daughter. I was a little bit early, uh, you know, one of my violinist kids from practice. And uh, coincidentally, this particular lady, I stopped off and I, I you know, grabbed a... Uh, a beer at at this place and the lady that I was sitting next to her kid was in the same orchestra and um and she worked for you know the pharmaceutical industry and and I started you know uh she shared that she was a little bit offended that the orchestra that they were in they weren't making the kids have masks and I and and now this is this is already this is way um you know this is recently right so we already know that that was you know useless and I was kind of hitting her with, well, yeah, but, you know, we know it's useless. Do you, you know, feel bad now? And she was so committed still to it. And so, like, I know because I'm in pharma. And I offended her like crazy that she uh, she actually cursed at me because I, I said, oh, come on, you're in pharma? I said, you're a pharma rep. What do you right. really know at the end of the day? And, right. uh, and and it sent her through the roof. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure I did it with a smug look on my face and, you know, uh, uh, which I, I can needle people pretty good. Um, but, but she flipped out. Now, just a few days ago, another study came out that confirmed, um, you know, that, that masks were largely useless, even N95 masks, to pre- prevent the spread um, and the transmission of this particular thing. So, you know, every day things are are piling on where, you know, we were mocked and saying that science was on their side, it wasn't on our side, but every day more and more is coming out, um, you know, to kind of put the nail in that coffin for for those um, egregious decisions and those stupid ideas. Um, the people that should be forgiven I, are the people that, you know, get got caught up in it. You know, um, where I share your concern, though, is, you know, there there are people that drove this and knew that they were driving this for the for political and, you know, power gains. And those are the people that I think, you know, the Dr. Fauci's of the world and, and so on and so forth that that need to be pursued and and need to be held accountable. The tragedy of this, and I want to get your perspective, is the fact that this changed the lives of a lot of kids that never, like you and I didn't grow up in fear of the common cold or the flu. I mean, that wasn't a thing that we ever considered growing up. And yet they made that a concern of all of these young kids 
that many of which I have friends that their their kids still feel compulsively, uh, you know, uh, a compulsive need to put on the mask. Yeah. And, and they've, they're trying to break them of that habit because it became almost like comfort, like, oh, I've got to protect myself. Yeah. Well, my, my opinion on, I think, like the, the, my 30,000-foot view of people still going on with everything, look, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I, I can't. This is just my opinion. When I, when I talk about this, I always make sure to say this is just my random opinion. I could be dead wrong, and I'm okay with it. It almost seems to me like people that are still going along with it, even though the evidence is so strong, against what they're what they're doing and saying it's almost like here, here's a scenario imagine if if you okay at the beginning of all of this did, said okay i'm not going to see any of my family outside of who, outside of who's living in my home right so i'm not going to see parents i'm not going to see cousins i'm not going to see other relatives um i'm going to put this thing over my face i i won't go to church anymore if, if you were a small business owner, you, you close your business. So let's say you did all these things and you did it reluctantly, okay? But you said to yourself, you know what, but I'm doing it for the greater good. And you were and you felt very virtuous about it, right? I mean, everybody know, you know, we always talk about virtue, right? So you, but you did it very virtuously. And even though you did all these things and you really didn't want to, but you did it because you were told and you thought you were virtuous. If you were the type of personality that when, if you found out that it was all for nothing, but you did not, but you, but you decided to still do all those things. If you were the type of personality who was, was not humble, who was like a high ego, low self-esteem person, you're only, you're only, you, it's, it's almost like you cannot renege on that because you did so much and finding out or admitting that you are so wrong about it would create too much of too much mental anguish, right? And I and I be, yeah. and I, I, be, I believe there's something to that. I don't I don't know the terminology or the exact science behind it, but it's like I said, it's almost like your only self defense in a situation like that is to double down on it, right? Right. Because the, the reality of admitting of, of what you did for two years, look, I, I'll tell you this. I have a relative. She is um, a first cousin of my mother who, you know, was the typical person through all this. And she was talking to my, I was talking to my mother on Thanksgiving or we, we were down there visiting and, and having food and stuff on Thanksgiving. And my mother was telling me a story how she talked to her and she said, she said this to my mother. She said, I will never not see my kids again for two years. I'll never not see my kids again for two years. Imagine saying those words. Imagine those words coming out of your mouth. I will never not see my kid again for two years because you chose not to. I'm yeah. not, they, they weren't deployed, right? They weren't living across the world. You just said, I'm not going to because of a virus going around. So to me, I think there's still a lot of that going on because you bought into it so hard and the only way to deal with it now is to keep going with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. And I think there's a lot of that. And yes, um, you know, there is some deep psychology behind that because there's a lot of folks that, that, I mean, 
<clears throat> viciously screaming at people. I mean, there's there are people that that you know um, we've called them COVID enthusiasts on this show because they were into it. Yeah. And they were doing the virtue signaling, and they were they were almost um, proud of the um, uh, you know tactics they were employing and the um, uh, hassling of their neighbors and and fellow citizens in coffee shops or whatever and wherever they went, they were right. proud to carry that banner and tell people and other people you know what their business should be. And yep. so, you know, that uh, a lot of those people to to, you know, back off and go, OK, hey, I was wrong. Um, yeah, that that I, I, you know, could cause a you know schism in their brains. Uh, it, it might be, you know, too shattering for them to go, you know what, I apologize. Because that does take a, you know, really mature human being to go, you know what, I blew it and, and should not have been so aggressive. And yes, I should have, you know, let let your family come over, you know, th- little things like that. Um, and, and there's a lot of people that they'll never, ever get there. One instance that I can think of real quick is um, I talked to a guy about four months ago and he is a um, mate. He does maintenance for a couple of local schools, high schools. And he and his, he has a daughter who has a family. She's married and had, they have three kids. He's probably in his late sixties. <laughs> And they share about 100, 110 acres, but they only live about a mile and a half from each other. Now, this was about four months ago-ish, and he told me, he said, Nick, look, I haven't seen my daughter in almost two and a half years, and they live a mile and a half apart. Now, it's not by his choice, right? So what do you do in that situation? And I'll be honest with you, man. It, it is heartbreaking for me, and when I say that, that's not an exaggeration because I think about this. From March of 2020 till even now, and as it will continue to, my my family and I, I'm just not talking about my wife and my boy and my sister. I'm talking about my mother, my father, my 91-year-old grandmother. My, you know, we carried on business as usual. My yeah. jujitsu academy was closed for nine days. And then my professor yeah. said, this is ridiculous. And we were back to beating each other up. So yep. we lived, and this is my point. I think back about all the things that we did in the past two plus years or whatever. And I think, man, if, if I wouldn't have lived, that's a lot of life I would have missed out on that I can't get back. You know what I mean? So that's the way that I look at it. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we made similar decisions, you know, um, I kept my jujitsu school, you know, speakeasy style open, you know, here, here in California, you know, you were taking some genuine risk. Yes. And, um, but we, uh, we continued, you know, we, uh, we blacked out the windows, uh, you know, put wet paint signs <laughs> and, uh, and, and yes. went in through the back. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that was the appropriate thing, you know, push back against this stuff and, and do what you need to do. We had, you know, parties in my backyard. I had, uh, you know, Prager University's company party in my backyard. I had weddings of people who had their wedding venues they, they lost and had and still wanted to get married. And so, you know, we we created community. And in some respects, we had a blast because we weren't, um, you know, we didn't have any animosity within our own family and within our community. And all of us were, were proud to continue to do what we needed to do. 
Amen. And in some respects, it was a wonderful time. Um, you know, there were some actual real highlights, and you became close to a lot of people who were in the fight and, you know, thought the same way you did. Um, there was some genuine bonding and friendships and, you know, stuff that, that happened that was really fun and, you know, kind of the silver lining in all this thing. And, you know, from our Christian perspective, you know, we, we got to, you know, witness a lot of churches, you know, really fall down and fail their folks, and and it, it exposed a lot of the soft people around, and I think that that was incredibly valuable for us. Yeah. Well, to, to, to the point of churches, and I know that we talked about this last time I was on, my wife and I have since been back to church. Good. Um, well, we were yeah. encouraging you. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, listen, I thought about that all the time, the conversation that, that we all had. And, um, you know, it, 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 it took me – in hindsight, you know, I look back on that and, you know, there, there wasn't anything that um, – when the church is closed, you know, I'm not a pastor. I don't, I don't, I don't have a church, you know. So um, some of them did services on strictly online and some came back sooner than others, but we are since back, and um, we, we, we are going to a different church that we did go to before, and, uh, you know, we're happy about it. My boy loves it, and we're, we're, we love it. It's awesome. Good. Praise God. Praise yeah, God. That's, that's awesome. Yes, yes. So, you know, coming back to um, Twitter for a minute, and then I, I want to get into some, you know, medical stuff and get into some uplifting recommendations from you. Sure. But this, um, this uh, the... The Twitter, um, you know, let's see, freeing Twitter and exposing all of these things that that went on during the time where, you know, many of us were uh, talking about being shadow banned. Many of us were talking about the fact that they were putting, you know, unfair weight um, on the scales against conservatives and manipulating narratives and all that stuff. And and we were all called conspiracy theorists. Um, you, you know, they they uh, the Twitter executives uh, testified before congressional committees and lied and said none of that was happening. Uh, you know, the the head of trust and safety and general counsel went on Joe Rogan's podcast and and lied and you know all of that stuff now is being exposed and I feel that so much of this is connected to again the COVID stuff that we saw but connected all over the place in this sort of massive push of the elites or the people that feel that they are the elites in our society, a massive push against the rest of us. Hey, we know best. We're going to tell you guys what to think and what you can think. We're going to control your thoughts. We're going to manipulate you. And they've continued to take us in that direction. I know, and this is where I want you to weigh in, that a lot of that even happens within medicine. And a lot of uh, really bad advice reigns supreme, even within the medical world outside of COVID, um, which is why I appreciate what you're doing in practices like yours, where you are taking the idea of medicine and saying, okay, how do we keep people well? And so, you know, give me your thoughts a little bit on that, and then, you know, let's, let's get into some good, strong recommendations. Do you know whom you're voting for? With every product you buy and every dollar you spend, you are casting your vote. Devoted Capital offers values-based investing portfolios that are designed to help you reach your financial goals, all the while making a positive impact on your life and the world around you. 
They are dedicated to educating, engaging, and empowering you to be wise with your investments and to equip you to be knowledgeable with your vote. Visit their website at devotedcapital.com to learn more about values-based investing or dial 805-372-0821 to speak to your values investor advocate today. Investment advisory services offered through Alliance Advisory and Securities, LLC, registered investment advisor. I agree 100%, and I'll say this. I learned that lesson probably 20, 25 years ago, which you're talking about, generally speaking, but then you see it in practice and you see it in people's lives. Now, I'll say this first, and I can maybe um, elaborate a little bit. What I realized was, you know, people what they care about most, and I won't say that this is the only thing that they care about, but what they care about most in healthcare is improving or getting better, right? They may care that your office is just around the corner. They may care that you're in their insurance network. They may care that they like the music that they play in the, in the clinic. They might care that they like to smell the soap in your bathroom at the clinic. What they really care about is, are they getting better? Mm. So, for me, and this is kind of like I, I typically avoid all of these, you know, arguments or conversations on Twitter, you know, where people are, are griping back and forth about, let's say, for example, like nutrition, mm-hmm. plant-based versus carnivore diet, keto versus this. And, you know, everybody wants to argue. And I say, listen, I I don't care if, if you're not seeking my services and you're not hiring me to to, to help you or anybody on my team. You know, I, I, I care, I care ab- about you and your well-being, but you know, it's not my place to, to to interject in your life and try to tell you what to do. But what typically happens is you have, and, and the, the more the and the more time that goes by, you see where you have like these scientists, or you have like you know Peter McCullough. And, and some of these scientists, whether it's nutrition or, or whether it's virology, you have which McCullough is going to be here next week speaking. Beautiful, beautiful, that's awesome. You have these 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 men and women in this industry that are contradicting what I guess the mainstream is saying. So my question to people this this is more of like a a, a thought a thought challenge or a a, a thought exercise. If you have two people, let's say you have two people in the same field and they are contradicting each other, who's right? Who's right? And, and I don't know that I have a great answer for this, but I would say we'll, we'll follow, follow the money, right? right. Follow, follow the money is, is what I say. So even above and beyond that, you know, when you have people, for example, especially online or social media, they're saying things like, okay, well, this diet – and you, you, and I know that you know this as well as I do. I'm a low carb guy myself. Um, I like time restricted feeding. I feel the best on it. You have people say, well, doing that means that you have a higher risk of diabetes. Well, well, hold on a second. What happens when somebody is a diabetic and they they go on a low carbohydrate diet and they put their diabetes in remission? Yeah. So who? Well, what what your study says doesn't make any difference in that person's life. So I, I think that the challenge, I guess this is the challenge for people is because people will ask us, how do, who do I know or how do I know what to trust or who do I trust? And the unfortunate part about it is for the most part, you have to trust somebody. You have to trust something. 
at the same time, you have to put something into practice and see how it works for you. You know, if, if yeah. let's say you're, you're, you have some health challenges, you're, you're a type two diabetic, your, your A1C is 8.4 and you've done some things and you try, let's say you try X and it brings your hemoglobin A1C down to 5.2. It worked for you. You know, it worked. So I think that that's kind of the combination is you have to trust something, follow the money and be your own advocate, more or less. And, and, and I say that as an advocate for myself, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I know, I only know some things and I will admit that I only know some things. I know what my wheelhouse is. I have a, a lot of very smart people around me, but I am my own laboratory. I tell, you know, I tell people all the time, I've done everything and anything you could possibly imagine, you know, and tested myself dozens and dozens of times. So that might not be practical for a lot of people, but I, you have to be your own advocate for sure. Yeah. Well, I um, one of the things that I, I did appreciate um, about you and, and, you know, did get me interested in following you originally is that idea of, um, again, I used the term biohacking before, um, for lack of a better term, but, the but you know, the people in that community, which tend to be um, ahead of what gets written in some of the, you know, medical textbooks, right, which can get out of date pretty quick. These people are figuring out that, you know, we are all um, unique creatures and, you know, not everything works um, to optimize everyone. And you do have to see what works for you to a certain extent. I know what practice um, I, you know, was the leanest and meanest and feeling the best on. And when I have departed from those things and tried other things, I haven't felt quite as good. The average person rolls around through their life feeling pretty terrible and they're not even aware of it. Um, that's what blows me away. You know, there's people that are, um, you know, steeped in, in uh, dis-ease in their life as a standard and, and aren't even aware of what it feels like to be, you know, well-rested, optimized, you know, strong and healthy. Um, and, and, you know, you have to take those, um, you, you have to use yourself as a test case and make adjustments. And, you know, there's obvious things that we all know, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, trashing yourself with substance abuse and, you know, not sleeping and, you know, working like a maniac and not exercising and all that stuff is going to catch up to you pretty quick. Um, but, you know, when you get into some of these diets and everybody's arguing over those things, all right, look, you know, we can pretty much agree, cut out sugar. You know, we can pretty right. much agree about a few little things that is going to, you know, make it better. But then beyond then, you have to start to really just pay attention to, you know, how you feel. And then, you know, if you have the benefit of working with, a doctor like you who has these this philosophy and and is going to be monitoring blood work and everything i mean that's that's really the ultimate well i i think to, to your point that's a fantastic point where you know you can make a very good argument that everybody is different you know and and i say that in the sense of this if let's say let's say somebody lives at a specific latitude where they're getting a lot of sun compared to somebody who's living in maybe not a not so great latitude where they don't get a lot of sun and their vitamin d levels are way better than the person who lives let's say like in the north in the winter time so in that specific instance the person you know who lives in the north during the winter time may have to 
I'm not the biggest fan of vitamin D supplements, but let's just say that as an example. So you might have to supplement vitamin D or get a vitamin D lamp um, with a red light panel or in, in the case of, let's say, a deficiency. If somebody's deficient in something, person A is deficient and person B is not, that, that person A needs something that person B does not. So in that case, we are different. However, we are still human beings and your cardiovascular system works the same as mine does. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we, we, we are different in these little instances and in these specific cases, but your body works the same as mine does. Men's, you know, if, if you're, you're a man, I'm a man, our bodies work the same, you know? Um, like, how dare 20- you assume my gender there? <laughs> a 23-year-old tw- with, with testosterone at 220 is not normal. You know what I mean? And, right. and, uh, so so I, I think that, yes, we, we all need, depending on our needs and goals, obviously we have to tweak per the individual. But we still have to realize, though, that w- w- I, here's, the, here's, the, here's the example that I'd like to use. If you think of lions, right? You think of a pride and imagine these lines sitting around and if they could they could talk, you know, English to each other saying one lion says, oh, I'm a carnivore. And the other lion says, no, 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 I'm a herbivore. And the other lion says, no, 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 I, I do keto. It's like they're lions, you know. Right. Uh, but I think that human beings for the, also one of our disadvantages is that we're so far removed. And, I, and I, again, I think – Having a roof over your head is a blessing. Having clean water is a blessing, of course, things like that. But I think a lot of these advantages, quote unquote advantages that we have, make us a little soft. Agree. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. No, no. We, we agree. Well, listen, I um, continuously ridicule vegans on this show, um, partly because they take themselves so seriously. And it's, uh, you know, they, they approach veganism with a re- religious fervor. The other thing about that is, if I'm going to make fun of vegans for a moment, because there are people that, you know, don't get along well with meat, and I get it. And there's some people sure. that seem like it works well for them to be, um, you know, a, a vegan or, or I, I would say more plant-based. But time and time again, what I see is there's diminishing returns to it. And you can give me your thoughts on this. For, at first, they cut out a lot of processed meats. They cut out a lot of junk. They cut a lot of trash from their diet. And, and anyone who does that is going to have a pretty positive and dramatic effect pretty quickly to the way that they feel and the way their bodies are operating. But then over time, and you know, we've, we've seen a lot of these... Um, uh, you know, uh, propaganda films that are, you know, trying to sell you on veganism where they will, you know, talk about the the virtues of it, but the amount that you have to eat to get what you can get in meat and other uh, food sources is dramatic. And nobody really is able to do that without heroic efforts or supplementation or things like that. And that's, and that's where I... Um, end up seeing people who have gone vegan for years, it seems to be that over time they start to diminish. I mean, like, you know, they're losing their hair and, you know, different things are starting to fall apart over time. So, um, you know, I, I'm a little bit concerned about that one. But when you're, you know, adjusting, you know, when you eat carbs and how much carbs and little things like that, if people are eating a basically healthy lifestyle overall, I think there's probably some play, um, you know, in things there. But, you know, you're, you're the doctor, you tell me. Well, no, I mean, that's perfect. And I, I don't know that I would 
add or, or take away anything to that. Um, but I will say this when, when, and you, this is a fantastic point when you, let's say, for example, if, if you're eating the standard American diet, any deviation from that is going to be better, right? Yes. So amen. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're on the sad diet, my goodness, it's pro it's all processed food. Any yeah. deviation from that is going to be better, but long-term, like you said, what is going to be optimal? And I don't, I don't know that that perfect is a such thing. L l listen, I, I know that this is something that I, that I see on social media that I just, I kind of roll my eyes at. I saw somebody say on social media recently, they said, well, if you wouldn't eat sugar, you would never get thyroid cancer. And I thought to myself, listen, there are many things with our lifestyle that we can change, that we can modify and we can change. Right. But that's not, but that's not everything, you know? And I think it's important because there's a, there's a stress, there's a, there's a, um, like, like an emotional stress thing to this too, where I've had people that they're so obsessed. And I, I'll tell you what, I used to be one of these people. I'm not anymore. I'm not anymore, but I was I, years ago. If let's say, if I did, let's say I dedicated myself to where I'm going to do 16, eight time restricted feeding. That's my window. Let's say if it was hour 15 and a half before it was time for me to eat and I was hungry, but I had 30 minutes left until my, till hour 16 came, I would look at my phone or, or my watch and say, okay, I can't eat right now. I can't eat right now. It's only 30 minutes left. And I, and, and I realized to myself that ain't right. That's not yeah. right either. You know what I mean? And, and for, for the audience, what you're talking about, intermittent fasting. So time-restricted feeding window means that you're going to only eat within that eight-hour period, and you're going to be fasting for the 16-hour period. So, you know, and I do I, I do that. I, I, I try to, um, you know, end, uh, you know, eating or my eating window, you know, 8 o'clock at night, um, no later, um, you know, and then I generally won't eat the next day. I'll, I, I have Bulletproof coffee, which, you know, there's some argument there, uh, but I do my Bulletproof coffee in the morning, um, and then I won't eat until, you know, 1, um, you know, noon or 1 o'clock is generally how I operate. And that's, and that's when I have felt the best is when I've been you know, very careful on, on that and, and eating low carb at the same time. Well, and also too, I think it's your lifestyle. Um, you know, I, I, with this, so this two day fast that we just, my wife and I just did, we used to do that for, I think for about nine, 10 months straight, we did every weekend, a two day fast. Yeah. I remember uh, you were documenting that on, on Twitter at the time. Yes. And then we got away from it because I'll tell you, I will say this. If I am, if I do that too frequently and if I'm too low carb for too long, I start feeling lousy. So we kind of got, got away from it. And, um, so last week I told my wife, cause I, I was, I was a little under the weather. I, I had like a scratchy throat. My nose is a little, I was stuffed up. I'm like, eh, maybe I should do like a two day fast. So we finished one up today and we decided that we would like to start doing the two-day fast again every week. For how we're not, we're not going to put a time frame on it. Where you know, if we want to do it for a couple of weeks, you know, two-day fast every week. But it's going to be on a time for me when I know that I'm not going to be training jujitsu. I cannot train yeah, jujitsu. I was going to ask you that. 
there's no way. There's no possible way. So I knew I was going to be training. So I trained today's Friday. I trained on Wednesday. I ate. I didn't train yesterday. Um, I ate today. I'm training tomorrow. I'm training Sunday. So, and then my, my, my normal schedule will happen. So for me, and, and this goes to, to, to your point of you have to adjust to your lifestyle. So for example, if, if I have a, a lazy day, which I do have, don't, don't get me wrong. Some days I just like, oh, I'm going to play Scrabble or I'm going to, you know, meet, we're going to play Jenga with my boy and we're just going to chill out. If I have a lazy day and I'm not doing anything, maybe let's just say I take a walk. We like taking walks. If I take a walk and that's all I do that day, why on earth would I need to eat much on that right. day? You right. know what I mean? So you, you have to adjust for your lifestyle. And, and, and to me, that's, that's, that's not that challenging of a rule to live by. In home security, the number one home defense system is a land shark, otherwise known as a large protective dog. Well, we in the Eddie house have a new Rottweiler pup. Reacher is his name. He's already 90 pounds at seven months old, and I believe a big part of that is good nutrition. We do not feed our dogs the pet food equivalent of Cocoa Puffs. We feed him a carnivore diet and supplement it with pomade. Most pet store pet food is completely stripped of real nutrition and all the vitamins and minerals your dogs need to be healthy and vibrant. Pomade is an all-natural longevity health supplement for dogs. It's made with a total of 23 dog-friendly superfoods that include premium superfoods like organic mushrooms, kelp, goji berries, and two different kinds of probiotics to keep your pup healthy and strong. This veterinarian-approved longevity formula boasts nutrient intake, protects against toxins, and guards against premature aging. That's important because aside from poor diet, pesticides in your grass and yard, poor air quality, and other toxins can wreck their health. Right now, there is a limited time offer, especially for our listeners. For every purchase of Longevity Formula, you'll receive a free bottle of Pomade's hip and joint formula. To claim your offer, go to pomade.com forward slash liberty or call toll-free 833-POMADE. That's P-A-W-M-A-D-E dot com forward slash liberty or call 833-POMADE. P-A-W-M-A-D-E. Yeah, that's good. So one thing I wanted to uh, make sure I had you weigh in on is um, the testosterone issue in men now is a is a serious thing. Um, you know, these young boys uh, and young men that are coming up right now are are having that early andropause effect and having super low testosterone. Um, I have some theories, but I'm not a medical doctor. I don't look at these things. I've got some thoughts on that. But man, uh, tell me, I mean, we, you know, we're seeing numbers in the 300 range in, in you know, 21-year-olds. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts along that? I think it's a combination of a bunch of things, like you said. I think it's our environment. I think there are, there are things in our environment that affect, affect that directly, not, in, not indirectly, directly. Um, testosterone, DHT, things like that. I also think that there are things in our environment that are increasing estrogen in, in, in males yeah. also, right? Um, so I think it's a combination of food. I think it's a combination of um, uh, our circadian 
our circadian biology choices, things like that. I think it's a combination of lifestyle. But the question always for me, like I mentioned a little bit a little bit ago, was what could be potentially causing it? And here's something else too that I don't understand. And and and, and if if you have, let's say, for example, a, a mid twenties male who has low low testosterone, right? Because I think what the statistics are now, and I, I might butcher this because I don't have it in front of me, but it's I, I think what seventy year old men had now, or excuse me, thirty years ago is what thirty year old men's have now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 right there, right? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. So. I think it's a combination of things. So how to get to the bottom of it is is looking at your lifestyle, what you're eating, what your light environment is, how you're training, um, your stress levels, how you, you know, all those things. But here's something, but here's you know what the worst part is. The worst part is almost like it's celebrated. Hmm. Um, well, James Cameron, you know, well, uh, the, the director, he, he just made some statements that, uh, you know, testosterone is a toxin and it needs to be worked out of men. Here's my question. If testosterone is a toxin or a poison, in, if, if that's the case, then why is it okay to give an 11-year-old female testosterone? Amen. Amen. So anyway. I won't say any more about about that, but um, no, it, that's a huge that's a huge huge problem. It's a, it is a very huge problem, and 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 I think that honestly, that's probably one of the biggest issues in our society today is low T men. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I, oh, I think it because it affects our society in in innumerable ways, and and we're we're seeing it, and it's a it's a regular uh, theme and topic of discussion on our show. We do need men to to come back, and we need testosterone to come back, and. Yeah. I, I, you know, my thoughts, and again, you know, I, I don't have your education. I am not a doctor, but I look at, yes, I think those, there are those environmental um, issues, you know, the BPAs, the things that are, you know, interrupting our hormones, the, the, you know, let's call it the toxic environment that we're in and, and what we're consuming. Um, and then there are things that are behavioral issues that cause it too. You know, we're, we're, you know, sedentary sitting down in front of screens. We aren't out in the sunshine. We also aren't laboring. I mean, you know, as a fitness guy that when we work out large muscle groups with great intensity, it causes spikes in testosterone. You know, so if you aren't doing anything, no labor whatsoever, and you're sitting at a desk or sitting in front of screen or, you know, laying down watching TikTok videos all day long, that, you know, that's going to have a result on your T levels. Um, you know, you also, I think there are psychological things that are going on with stress. There's um, a low expectation for men to be men. And, and so much of that, um, you know, our bodies respond to what we are doing with them and what we are giving and the demands that we're placing on them. Um, and so I think that it's, you know, it's hitting these poor guys from, you know, uh, um, hundreds of different directions. And then, of course, you know, diet and, you know, everything else is screwing it all up as well. Well, also, like you mentioned, being, being, having an excess amount of body fat your what what happens is your your fat cells act as little endocrine little endocrine um, cells endocrine glands excuse me and they the more body fat that you have the more the more estrogen <clears throat> excuse me the more estrogen that you yeah excrete excrete well I mean 
this is one when people it's it's funny because people make fun of like the the bros on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the gym bros. Bro Twitter. science. The bros are right. They're yeah. right. You know what I mean? Lift weight, eat meat. I mean, I mean, you know, this 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 is not, definitely not medical advice. See your see your physician, of course, but like, yeah, that is for real though. If if you have excess body fat, that pumps that is literally excreting secret. Excuse me, secreting more estrogen. So getting in the gym. Losing body fat will help. Will help that. Yeah, yeah. I put out a bro science, um, you know, reel on my Instagram saying that, <laughs> telling people to, yeah, telling people to eat some meat, you know, get after it in life, you know, <laughs> learn a superpower, you know, rough play, do some jujitsu, you know, man up. And yeah. uh, but it is true. It is true. You know, um, you, we do need to to get a hold of that because again, I think a lot of the um, the things that are ailing. Uh, um, in our society and are destroying us have to do with you know men being absent from um, their role as as leaders and ministers of justice and I don't think you'd be having people putting eleven year old girls on puberty blockers or on testosterone and things like that if you know if men were doing what men should be doing. Correct, and I, I agree one hundred percent about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I mean, if you have, let's say, <clears throat> a young boy who is going through his adolescent years, and you try to manipulate that artificially, common sense tells you that that's going to backfire. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so I, for me, like I said, it's just more or less you you have to if. If somebody says, like we already mentioned, that talk, testosterone is poison, but it's okay to give to 11-year-old girls, well, I, I don't know which which side of your mouth am I supposed to believe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, to me, it doesn't make Not sense. that I'm advocating for this uh, the, because this is not li- – this is a uh, um... – not a literal recommendation, but maybe you should be punched in your mouth if that's what the stuff that you were saying. <laughs> I, I tell you what, brother, one of the best things about jujitsu for me is I always tell people, and, and I, I've been, I know you've been doing it way longer than I have. I'm, I'm coming up on 10 years and right on. I, I tell people it's like, Besides the mental stuff that you get from it, I, I always say to me it's like therapy. One of the things is like therapy. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, amen. But um, y- you know, there's something there's something very important about humbling yourself and then rising up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it's not just going out and and rolling and fighting and and getting hurt a million times like you and I both have. It's it's it's, it's being humbled and then going back. That. Yeah. It's part of being a man, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, which, I mean, jujitsu is interesting. Um, you know, and I'm I'm I started in '96, and um, you know the uh, the truth is when I first showed up and and you know came in, it, it was the one and only time that they had a you know sort of a takedown thing, and I was a high school wrestler, right? So nice. you know, and I was nice. a good high school wrestler, so I was taking everybody down and. And that was pretty much it for that one introductory class. And I was like, man, I got this jujitsu stuff. No problem. And I came back the very next time and they treated me like I was a child, you know, or like I was some, you know, little kid fighting his uncle. And, uh, 
And, you know, some people, you know, experience something like that. It was so humiliating because I, I, I couldn't believe that they were able to so easily subdue me over and over again. And, of course, you know, being a wrestler, you know, you're pushing and all this stuff. And so you're getting arm bar after arm bar after arm bar and, and you know, choked and yes. choked and choked. And, you know, and, and I left there and, and Jocko Willing talks about this. You have sort of two people, you know, one that goes, I will never put myself in that place or position to be humiliated like that again. I'm going to continue on with the fiction that I can really handle myself if it comes down to it, right? Because I got this whole other gear, right. you know, right? right? Yeah, I, I see right. red, bro. Yeah. I see red, bro. You know, <laughs> or you're going to do what I did and what clearly you did, and you're going to say, okay, I got to figure this thing out. All right, I got I to gotta learn this superpower. Yeah, and that's really it. You know, it really is. And I, I, I don't know any other. It's, it's, it's like you have people have to experience it for themselves, you know, to, to, to go to make, I guess, make a decision for themselves of whether they're going to go through with it. But I think that the type of people, and this is something else about jujitsu guys and gals, is that, you know, jujitsu people. I guess anybody that does any type of combat sport, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, judo, wrestling, grappling, yeah. whatever. As long as it's, it's got that combat sport element to it, combat, you know, meaning that, yeah. you know, you're not just dancing. You got to, con- yeah, you can't be punching air. It's got to be combat. Um, there's, they, they are the, the, the least type of person to ever engage in any type of um, conflict. You know Amen. what I mean? The first, the first people to walk away. I mean, all, you know, and you know that better than I do. It's it's it, and 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 you think why that is? Is because well, we know how to fight. We yeah. and we don't want to we don't want to mess you up. So I witnessed one of the best fighters in all the world get you know uh, turned into a parking um, spot at a busy mall, and you know the the other person felt like they had that parking spots you know uh, scoped out, and they pull behind him and scream and we were going you know into a restaurant i'd parked you know a couple of ways up and screaming getting in the face of this guy who is a legend in the sport of jujitsu and this is before you could just see identifiably messed up ears and know that you know something's up and and this person was like threatening like you know let's go right now let's go and the jujitsu guy that I'm talking about was like, hey, it's okay, my friend. We're good, my friend. You want the parking spot? I'll pull out. You know, yeah. he's, he's just like, no problem, no problem. Yeah. You know, and I just wonder if that guy, you know, knew the truth, you know, what his thought would be afterwards, you know. It's, uh, but, what man. Just, what, what he just avoided. Yeah, yes, and applaud, but again, yeah. you know, I, I've never seen um, a, a guy who's practiced jujitsu for many years be a hothead or be, no. you know, ready to, uh, you know, fight. And and that's what I encourage parents. And you know, you can you can give me your thoughts on this. I encourage um, you know parents to put their kids in jujitsu, and we have a you know good kids program because that rough play, especially for boys, but also for girls. Um, you know, teaches, you know, a lot of that bullying and all that stuff out of them. And it, and it gives them a ability to express themselves, learn their limits, you know, learn what, you know, what hurts, what doesn't hurt and, and respect for another human being in that way. And it can take kids that are a little bit, um, you know, off the path and straighten them out. 
No, I agree 100%. My boy, he, he, <clears throat> this is third year wrestling. He's in judo also right now at the moment. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. You know, I, I think that even from a self de- self defense standpoint, you know, it's it's wise. I, t- I tell you know parents with with girls too. You know, it, you get get them in that if 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 they really really want to and, or encourage them to do that. Um, but I think it's it's a very important part of um, of. I don't want to say it's not the only. It's I don't want to say it's a very important part of being a boy. But I will say this about boys because I, I my my whole I live three houses away from a cul-de-sac and the other three houses are the, the kids are all boys. If my boy is out with all the other boys within 10 minutes, they're, they're wrestling within 10 minutes. And it's just a natural thing that happens. And you know, it's not, I don't think it's wise to deny them of that. You know, it's, it's actually, it's healthy. Yeah. So it's, it's like, you know, and on, even on top of that, I think, you know, in this day and age, if, and I, and I tell people this all the time, you know, even with firearms and, and, and jujitsu and, and stuff like that, it's, it's only just in case, you know, yeah. um, it's only just in case. And then on top of that, I love to train and I like to get my butt kicked from time to time, but it, yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you'll probably, you've probably experienced this with, um, a lot of jujitsu confidence on board. I have walked into situations where things were tense. You know, we have a security business and, you know, other things that are going on where it's put me in those situations. And my um, calm jujitsu presence and the confidence that comes with knowing how to handle yourself and to handle another human being. Um, that that gets projected in a way that sometimes that alone de-escalates the situation. Where Amen. you know I, I've seen a guy like look in my eyes and look at me and make this you know calculation even through you know maybe a drunken brain and go, there's something here that this guy seems way too comfortable with. I'm gonna just you know make a polite exit instead. That's exactly right. And it's like, and, and even it's a funny thing too. It's about like, like the ears. It's like, you know, the ears is a, the ears are assigned to avo- avoid at all costs, but, but you're right though. There's something about that confidence. And, and I think that that's a great thing because if any, any altercation that could be avoided is, is a win, you know what I mean? Amen. Amen. Cause yeah. on, the, on, the, on the streets, man, like people, I mean, look, people these days, this, I, I, I say this all the time. I do not even honk at people anymore you cut me off in traffic uh, as long as i put the brakes on fast enough and i'm good i'm not going to honk at you because the person just that just cut me off if they had a bad day their wife left them they lost their job they could pull out a gun and shoot me yeah. you know what i mean i don't mess with people man and I, I i just so but you're right about that there is a there is an air to people who can handle themselves that people do avoid for sure for yeah, sure yeah amen well, hey, so if you were to give, uh, you know, in our last couple of minutes remaining, if you were to give some positive health recommendations right now that anyone, because, you know, we all got to be healthy, you know, times are times are tough and, you know, I don't think they're going to get any better for a while. Um, what would be uh, how to get a hold of your health, you know, t- top three? Perfect. First thing I would say is to get your, I guess one and two can be interchangeable, but I would, I'll put light in, in the first slot. So basically the best advice I can give to people as far as their light environment, their circadian biology is 
in the morning, even if it's dreary out, you live in the north or an area where it's it's kind of lousy in the wintertime, get outside. If you have to bundle up, bundle up. Get some natural sunlight for 10 minutes, right? If you can go out midday, great. Avoid artificial light at night by putting on blue blocking glasses if you have to look at your technology. That's the first thing. The second thing as far as, far as let's go, nutrition. So nutrition, I would say, first and foremost, easiest thing, avoid processed foods. I'm, I mean, get, I'm not going to get into low-carb, keto, Mediterranean, carnivore, what's best for you. Eat real food or just eat real food. Jerf was what we call that. Just eat real food, animals, plants. If plants agree with you, eat real food. Um, not too much, not too often. And lastly, move. If Even if that means going for a 10-minute walk, a 20-minute walk, Get up on your feet and stroll and start there, and then you can build on it. Amen. That's perfect, man. All right. I love it. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me. I know it's, uh, you know, late on a Friday for you. Um, you know, this this will air, I think, on Monday. But, uh, brother, I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, at some point we got we to gotta get, get uh, to meet in person. In real life. Yeah, absolutely, brother. I really appreciate you too, man. And thanks for having me on, brother. All right. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Liberty Station. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to us on Rumble, Liftable TV, or Spotify, or anywhere that you consume podcasts. Please text these episodes to your friends and support our advertisers.